Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Email me if you have any questions. And then I realized, oh, there's 300,000 subscribers that read these articles. Today on episode 506 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with chiropractor Corinne Weaver. I'm going to ask Corinne how she made the transition from serving clients in person in her local community to serving a much larger audience without being face-to-face and much more. You can find out more about Corinne along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Now, before we get into our discussion, I want to tell you a little bit about our friends at SiteHub. If you want to use cutting-edge digital thinking combined with top-notch industry expertise to build your website, contact SiteHub at yoursitehub.com. That's yoursitehub.com. Now let's welcome Dr. Corinne Weaver. Following a childhood injury, Corinne suffered health issues, including severe asthma and allergies that she thought she would have to endure for the rest of her life. It wasn't until after her first upper cervical adjustment that her health began to improve dramatically. This transformation sparked a drug-free wellness lifestyle for Corinne's entire family. Dr. Weaver enthusiastically discovered her calling to help others heal and has since assisted many thousands of people to achieve better health without drugs or surgery. In recent years, she's reaching out beyond her successful private practice as an international best-selling author, speaker, and brand new podcast host because she is on fire to share empowering knowledge of how to be healthy naturally with people all over the world so that they require no more meds. Corinne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, David, for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. So Corinne, how did you realize that you wanted to pivot your business beyond your private practice? Well, when I first started practice, I had this huge vision of helping thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And, you know, being a business owner and starting on your own, the people just don't line up at the door. (laughs) We had to go out and, and meet others to bring people in the community to get to know who you were and what you did. And what we offered here um, as a chiropractic office. And so when I got to a point into my practice, I've been practicing 15 years and I love my practice and I love the patients that I've been able to serve these last 15 years. I had a bigger, there was something inside me, you know, David, it's like, it's like, why can't I just be fulfilled with coming and, and seeing the patients here in my local community? And I am fulfilled with that. But there was something deeper within me that I knew I had to make a movement to get my message out there because there's people out there suffering that needed to hear this message. And how connected is that desire to help more than people in your local community? How much of that desire comes from your own personal experience? All of it, really. I mean, my uncle, um, when I was really sick as a child and my parents knew everything they did in this area, and I'm from the Charlotte area, so I came back and wanted to start my practice here because I knew this area didn't have what 
I needed when I was a child. And so my uncle, he would bring in natural healing plants from the Amazon rainforest um, from South America. And he would bring in these plants and help me to breathe. And so he kind of gave me that vision because he would speak all over the world and many, many countries um, about healing from plants. And so that was kind of the first thing that I was able to see that as a child. And as I was growing up, I knew I wanted to be back at the community to serve the people that didn't have, like I said, what didn't have the stuff when I was a child to get well. But then I realized, okay, Charlotte's not the only place. There's so many other places that need to hear how we're able to heal naturally without needing more medication. Right. And you're, you're clearly, it sounds like your uncle was an exemplar in, in being able to spread the word about something important in lots of different places. Yeah, he he went to the Amazon actually searching for treasure, which was the rocks, he thought, until he got really sick. And then he realized the treasure was in the plants. And so he would he would bring the plants back up to me and I would breathe in some, you know, different barks and herbs and stuff like that to help with, with my healing. And so I knew people didn't know about, you know, any type of how plants can actually bring healing to asthma and allergies. And, you know, being a chiropractor, I just thought chiropractic helped asthma and allergies. You know, we're so specific to what our problems are. You know, David, it's like, it's like I have this problem and this person did this. So that's what I think is going to work. And then I realized, oh, chiropractic is not just for asthma and allergies. It can help people with neck pain. It can, people, it can help people with headaches. It can help people with seizures, ear infections, and you know, anything that the nervous system has to run. And so that's when I was like, wow, I can really expand my knowledge in the learning about how the body can heal, but not just chiropractic. And that was one thing I was like, okay, the body, you know, could use chiropractic, but also could use other things to heal. And so that's when I expanded my knowledge and wanted to tell other people um, about this mm. in a, you know, in a podcast way and people all over the country and in other countries as well. So Corinne, who are the people who ideally can benefit most from your knowledge and your advice? Um, I specifically love to work with parents, with children that have been sick and parents that are are wanting to look for, I want to say alternative, but I don't believe it's alternative therapies because I think it's therapies that we should be doing on a daily basis. You know, parents are stressed out. I mean, if you have a kid that's sick all the time and having issues with learning disabilities or having issues with their brain and development, you know, a lot of times they don't know where to go and they don't ideally want to put them on medication. And, you know, as a child, we learn not, you know, say no to drugs, but then I seem like the medical profession, that's all we tend to do. And so speaking to parents that are willing to make some lifestyle changes to help their children and to help their family dynamics is kind of my main focus. And are there certain kinds of sicknesses that children have that are, that sort of fall into your specialty? Well, my big specialty is asthma and allergies because that's what I grew up with. So that's what I know the best, but kids with sinus issues and ear infections. And then I later got into development of learning more about the brain. When my mom got diagnosed with brain cancer in 2005, I really started studying the brain and um, started helping kids with learning disabilities and anxiety and depression and ADHD and autism. And so it kind of expanded a little bit more when you're dealing with the brain and nervous system which that's my to go. And that's my love is to really help this next generation of children that, you know, if we continue to medicate them, 
well, what are we going to do to the next generation? So how can we empower these parents to live a healthier lifestyle for their children? Mm. So what, what are some of the solutions? Um, nutrition is key. You know, uh, I kind of grew up in an environment where, you know, in the 80s, we kind of lived on fruit, fruit Loops and Hot Pockets and not maybe the best nutrition and using the microwave uh, and drinking sodas. So staying away from sugars and staying away from foods that are inflammatory to um, that person. And so I had to learn that I had certain allergies uh, and food allergies that would make my asthma symptoms worse. And um, so when I learned that gluten and dairy, especially dairy for me, so every time I would eat dairy, that would clog up my sinuses and then it would, I would have an asthma attack. But I didn't really put the two together till I was you know, years down the road because the doctors never really said, well, when you eat ice cream, then you might have an asthma attack. I kind of figure that out later on that certain, certain foods would trigger those responses. And so that's the same. It goes the same. Even if you don't have asthma and allergies, if you have brain issues, like people complain to me about brain fog or they can't think clearly, or, you know, people that have headaches, you know, they don't think about maybe food could be a trigger to those um, symptoms that they may having. Mm. What, and what are the differences in the way parents might be able to be helped by you between the people in the local community who you've been serving for years and those that you're now starting to serve around the world? Yeah. So nutrition is a big one in the fact that, you know, you can help someone and, and knowing what foods could be a trigger for them. And that could, you know, help somebody around the world with that. I don't have to lay hands on them and do chiropractic. And so, you know, realizing that I could be there for them to help them, kind of like a coach to help them with not just nutrition, but I find stress management to be a big one, David. Um, a lot of people just don't know how to handle stress properly. And so getting up and starting your day and doing some breathing techniques. And, you know, with me, my first book that I wrote was called Learning How to Breathe. And it's because I didn't know how to breathe. You know, most people take breathing for granted unless you can't breathe. And, you know, having asthma, I actually had to train my body how to breathe properly again to react with that, what we call the parasympathetic nervous system to calm our nerves. So I'm able to educate them, you know, not with nutrition only, but with stress management tips and how to take care of their posture and their spine and how they sleep and um, all these little things and just tidbits um, that I've been able to share with the world so they they can make lifestyle changes and live a healthier life. Mm. And um, what are some basic tips that might be helpful for us to hear? I'd, I'd say sleeping. I get that a lot. A lot of people don't get enough sleep. And I tell, tell people to, you know, stay away from their cell phones, stay away from their um, what is it, EMFs, you know, for a while at night, you know, to, to be able to calm their brains down. And a good sleeping position is to actually lay on your back with a good, what we call cervical. So I'm an upper cervical chiropractor. So I specialize in the neck. And so taking care of that neck is so so, so important. You know, so many people today are not just taking care of their neck, you know, they're abusing it with the computers and everything that they're using, and they create so much tension around their head and neck. So having a good pillow, um, and then doing some really slow breathing techniques um, at night to really help calm their immune system and nervous system down so that they can get a full rest and wake up refreshed in the morning. You know, are there things you can do if you find that you're waking up during the night? And and maybe not not so comfortable that you can calm yourself down again and you, using 
uh, whether it's breathing techniques or something else to to help you get a good night's sleep? Yeah, I love um, essential. I don't know if you know much about essential oils, but I love those as well. I mean, lavender is a very calming one. Um, You can use chamomile. Um, Some people drink chamomile tea, and there are some great um, nutrients out there to help support uh, GABA receptors that help your brain to sleep. So, you know, knowing what's kind of creating your brain not to shut up off at night. But there's, I I can't believe it because it's funny because people are not exercising because exercising actually can help you sleep, but but people are just not moving like they should and they're not moving their joints. And it's almost like they're restless at night because their body hasn't able to fully get rid of the energy, I guess. And and so they can't, they can't sleep throughout the night. So I encourage them to exercise, even if it's like 20 minutes a day, if it's walking around the neighborhood or um, doing a couple of jumping jacks, you know, get the blood flowing. Uh, it can make a huge difference throughout your day. Mm. And does it matter what time of day you do the exercise? Ideally in the morning, you know, so a lot of people wake up and they're, you know, on the rush and they're, you know, rushing here and there. So, you know, a good thing is to do like, even if it's like five minutes of doing, you know, 30 jumping jacks, get the blood going, get the heart going. And then, you know, that can actually help what you um, probably for nitric oxide and it helps more oxygen and get to your brain in the morning. So that's when the cortisol levels are up. So you want to stimulate that area. And then at night is when you want to do your breathing and calming and yoga and meditation to kind of help bring the brain down to a settling, you know, adrenal uh, cortisol level drop. Makes a big difference. Yep. So, So breathing, exercise, and you spoke a little bit about um, the need for need to pay attention to what may cause inflammation. Um, What are some tips around it, reducing inflammation? Yeah, inflammation, of course, sugar. A lot of people know what sugar, right? So we say stay away from it. But, you know, along with the sugar, it's things that you may not know. You know, people that have joint pain, I find that nightshade vegetables can create uh, inflammation for my joint people. So people that are real achy in their joints, I tell them not to eat tomatoes. So so even though tomatoes are good, right, um, they can create more more joint pain for some patients. It's not all patients, but you may be one that, you know, hey, let me try to take away tomatoes for a couple of weeks to find out that's creating inflammation within my body. Sometimes a good food allergy test, if you don't know, it may be just eliminating certain foods that we know of is like corn and grains. Uh, Grains can be very inflammatory, especially gluten. And like I mentioned before, when dairy with sinuses can be aggravated. So the big food allergies that, that we notice is dairy, gluten, uh, corn, soy, and and tomatoes. And I kind of laugh because a lot of times people come in and that's their diet, you know, and it's like, okay, what am I going to eat? And they have to venture out and try these new plants. Uh, there's a lot of plants out there that we're able to eat that God's provided for us with lots of good nutrients. And a lot of people just get in the habit of eating the same things every day. So we're trying to eventually out and, and try new things because there's like a lot of good plants out there to try. <laughs> and change can be challenging for people. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It can be very challenging. I live in the South, so people are really kind of set in their ways with their macaroni and cheese and, <laughs> and a lot of bread. So, and that's what I grew up on. You know, I grew up on a lot of bread and cheese. So to get away from that, it took, it took some education. And that's why I like to help people, you know, how can you live a gluten and dairy for your life and raise a family that way can be challenging. But then once you get in the habit, it's so much easier. And then when your kids don't ever get sick, I mean, I have a 17 year old, 10 and 12, and they 
never get sick. They never had any medication. So it's like, wow, there may be something to this. Yeah. So speaking of change, Corinne, how long ago did you make start to make the change in your business from being focused on your local community and trying to reach people around the country and around the world? Yeah, I'd say in the last three years when I got inspired to write my first book called Learning How to Breathe, which I wrote three years ago, and then two years ago, I wrote the No More Meds. And so in this last big turnaround in the last year, so I guess I've been on the journey for three years, um, but really been in tune in the last year and starting my new podcast and getting out there and speaking more and then having a community within Facebook where I just charge a monthly fee. And I'm able to um, answer, a lot, answer a lot of their questions and we have some video support. And then we also have um, where I get on there live once a week to be there for them in that moment, because I can give them a whole list of tasks to do. But what I realize it's taken each day and just focusing each day on one thing, because if you look at everything, it's so overwhelming. And so I'll just tell people to just do one little step at a time. And and when you were strategizing, expanding your business, how did you figure out in what ways you would be able to impact more people and also have it make sense as a business model so that it would be financially viable for you as the business owner? Well, that's a good question because about a year ago, I was asked to write an article, um, a weekly article for Breaking Christian News. And it's a health, um, it's, I, I guess I'm the doctor writing for the health uh, columns. And, um, and when I started writing that is when I started getting about 100 emails a week of people asking me questions. <laughs> and these are, are business questions, not, not health questions. These are health questions. And so not making any income, obviously, off of this. People would just write me. And, and it was my fault because in the articles I would write, I would be at the end, I'd be like, well, email me if you have any questions. And then I realized, oh, there's 300,000 subscribers that read these articles. So that's when that's when I had to make a transition because it was draining me. And so I was like, how can I be there for them? Because I love these people and I love helping them. I also turn it around where it could be, you know, make some income doing it. And so I felt the need to have an online community. And in that online community is just, um, they pay me $47 a month and then they think it's very valuable for the information I'm able to give them. And so that's been very, very helpful because I can still be there for the people, but I don't have to answer a hundred emails a week. Cause it was just, like I said, it was so overwhelming. And now I can just do once a week and follow up with answering questions that I get on a daily basis. Mm. How did you figure out what framework would serve the people who are already following you and also make sense in terms of use of your time and provide some uh, fair financial compensation for you? How did I figure that out? Is that what you're asking? Uh, yeah, I'm going to charge $47 a month. This is the platform I'm going to use. This is how people are going to get in, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, well, I made some big mistakes first, David. You know, I think we have to make mistakes first to figure out what's going to work. So the mistakes that I did make, I was charging a lot more and those people expected the world from me. And and I was like, oh gosh, I can't do that. You know? So when I made it, I don't know, I just kind of came up with $47. It just seemed like, okay, that's a reasonable price. I can reach more people. It's not, if I get so many people into this group, then it's, you know, you know, it works out. And so I 
for me, I can take only a hundred patients or a hundred people into this. And do I, so I do a hundred people and it's more one-on-one and I work with them for about three months. It's very reasonable, right? So $47 and you get to work with me, you pay a monthly fee. But a lot of times these hundred people want to stay in. So I really get to know these people and really grow with these people. And these are people I've never met before. And so I'm going to open up the door to more people. But right now I just wanted to do, you know, for a test run, I was seeing how I could handle a hundred. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, starting, starting low. Cause if I said, okay, I'm going to accept 2000 people and I knew it'd be overwhelming, but I wanted to start with a good group and get to know them and see how it was going to run and be successful. And then I like that. And then right now I'm kind of just happy at a hundred, but if I want to extend it out, I know I could. Yeah, that makes sense. But what I realized, what I realized too, in this group of people, if I'm like, if you want one-on-one time with me, then a lot of them are willing to pay, you know, $2,000 to have one-on-one coaching with me for a couple months or something like that. You know, so the $47 for hundred people is not, it doesn't end there because if I say, Hey, I like this, or I like doing that, like they want to buy what I have to offer them because I love what I have to say. And these are people that really, you know, get it and they understand it and they become like, you know, I want to say followers, but, you know, big support, a big support group. And we can learn from that. Right. So it's a good entry point for them. They're getting, they're mm-hmm. getting some value. And then for those that want more, there's an option for, to get more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you find, you know, as you're going through some of these trials and tribulations of, expanding your business this way into this online format, what do you find some of the challenges are? You know, me being a chiropractor, it was hard for me to make the transition. Like, how can I help these people without really putting my hands on them? Um, Because it's like, oh, I need to touch you and then you get better. So it was really a mindset for me, mostly like, oh, I can help these people. And, And I am a Christian and I really believe that God spoke to me last year on how he can bring healing to people just through my words and things that I say. And so that really spoke to me and I had to make that mind shift that, wow, people can, you know, feel better and they can improve just by something simple as what I tell them and say to them. Um, and so that, that's the shift that had to happen. Really wasn't anything outside. It was more within me that I had to shift. Makes perfect sense. Corinne, whom do you know personally who's done a really remarkable job of smashing the plateau? Oh, that's a good one. I have to say um, Billy Graham. Tell me more. Just recently, I just, you know, Billy Graham, he was, uh, he did what God told him to do. And he was a farmer on North Carolina, grew up in this kind of area that I was raised. And then he was able to speak to millions and millions of people. And so I get moved by that. And just recently I went to his has a Billy Graham library here in Charlotte and just really spoke to me. And that's what made me get like, I need to get this mission out there because there's something deep within myself that I can't just hold it back, back anymore. I need to let other people know that where they can be healed and give them hope. And that was something Billy Graham did. And so it inspires me every day to wake up because I believe in miracles and I know that it can happen. Corinne, if someone wants to, get in touch with you or learn any more about some of what you shared today, where would they go? I would encourage them to go to nomoremedsmovement.com. They can get a free uh, wellness book there. And it's a book that I worked on for many, many years and I give, I offer it for free. So nomoremedsmovement.com. Sounds great. And what's coming up for you? What do you have uh, planned for the future? 
getting my podcast. I'm working on the podcast and um, I'm just real encouraged to help others heal through uh, the power of my words. Sounds great. Well, Corinne, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I'm smashing the plateau. My guest has been chiropractor Corinne Weaver. Thank you again, Corinne, for joining us. Thank you. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned how Corinne made the transition from serving clients in person in her local community to serving a much larger audience without being face-to-face and much more. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.